All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 97 and I am recording this at 11.30 p.m. after the Cavs just beat the LeBron James-led Lakers and boy was that an awesome game. Like, of course everyone looks forward to the matchups with LeBron. It's it's special when he comes back to Cleveland. Historically, he has put on a bit of a clinic every time he has come back to Cleveland. Still had a great game today. I think he ended up with 21 points and 17 rebounds. So, you know, not like a top-notch stellar um, shooting performance, but definitely a great overall game. Uh, Anthony Davis went out early with flu-like symptoms, they said, which was kind of random because he was playing already. So I don't know if he just started feeling bad out of nowhere or or what exactly happened there. But um, he's been on a tear lately. Like his most recent game, I think he had 55 points and 17 rebounds, which is crazy. Um, So it was kind of disappointing that he went out because I would have liked to see us match up against him for the entirety of the game. Um, But overall, I enjoyed watching this game because one, I felt like It was a real passing of the torch from the, obviously LeBron's been gone for a while, but it was from the LeBron era of Cleveland playoff teams, winning championships, like that era. Then we had kind of a lull here, and it's like a passing of the torch to the Donovan Mitchell era now of the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he was absolutely incredible. He had 43 points. I mean, the dunks, the threes, especially the scoring picking up there in the fourth quarter. I mean, that game was a battle back and forth for a while. Even when it felt like the Cavs would start to pull away a little bit, it was like, oh no, the Lakers are, they're still right back in it. They would hit a nice shot, keep themselves alive. Um, But it wasn't really until I felt like Donovan was able to pull away at the end of the game, make some really key baskets that um, we were able to really secure that win. And Honestly, it just felt like that was something LeBron used to do in in Cleveland, you know? So it was crazy to see it happen um, with with Donovan at the helm this time. Just like a, a real surreal type moment watching it. And even Donovan mentioned right after the game, just as he's looking around at the crowd, uh, that he grew up watching LeBron have those kinds of games uh, and he was able to get those MVP chants himself in Rocket Mortgage, which just had to be the coolest experience in general for him. Um, The one other, I think, big thing that stood out to me in the game was coming out early on, Jared Allen was a a huge impact in that first half. Um, Not really in the second half as much, but did do a lot in that first half. He was 10 of 11 and had 22 points in that first half. Um, And man, did we miss him. I think You know, it's been nice to see Evan Mobley get some opportunities to shine himself with Jared Allen out, but I think Jared Allen is still one of the most important pieces of this team, and we saw that tonight um, and just what he means to them. And even though it's good to let Evan shine, it's a good reminder that having, you know, two seven-footers is definitely still nice and that they they both bring a lot to the table. Um, So overall, really good win. I'm just... I don't know. The the Cavs are interesting because they play so well at home. Like, I think we only have one loss at home still, maybe. It's just been a weird balance of playing like that all the time at home, and then we go on the road, and we just cannot get it done. We usually look all over the place, and it's been a struggle. So, 
you know, if you want to win playoff series, you got to figure out how to play well on the road. So I think that's something that they're need they're going to need to work through as, as time goes on here. But look, it's still early December. We've got time to work through it. Um, just something to note as we continue to see that pattern happening uh, as the the weeks carry on in the season. Um, but yeah, that was. I mean, just. Just so much fun. I, I am eating up every single LeBron quote that I see from after the game, him just complimenting the fan base and saying that's what the people do here, great stuff like that. Also want to give a shout-out to Charles Barkley for some nice comments on TNT. He said that he absolutely loves coming to Cleveland. It's one of the most underrated cities in the world. You know, everyone else on the panel started dogging him for that, basically saying that he was lying. But I appreciated the love uh, because... It is an underrated city, and there's a lot of great things to do. He said he loved some Italian restaurants that he would go to back in the day here, so probably Little Italy or something like that. Uh, Love the shout-out. I just appreciate the love, and no shout-out to the other guys putting Cleveland down then. That's just like the lowest-level form of comedy. So unnecessary. Just You don't need to do it. You can let people give Cleveland a compliment. It's okay. It's, It's really fine, I promise. Okay, so other thing I want to talk about real quick that happened today, the Guardians actually made a move. Crazy, right? That doesn't happen too often, but we signed first baseman Josh Bell. Um, Couple reasons this is exciting. One, it was a two-year, $33 million deal, which is decent for this front office. They decided to you know, go out and get someone and make a move, Uh, and that is not something we have seen them do. They usually kind of just... Uh, hang back and figure things out later in the cheapest way possible. But this was actually going out there and doing something. And I think that means they're really buying into this young team. And I appreciate that uh, because I think the fan base has bought into this young team and feel like we have a lot of talent there. The other reason this is exciting is because we need bats. We need hitters. And I think we really noticed that, obviously, in the playoffs. I know we were, you know not known for that throughout the season. We were known for scrappy play, good defense, good pitching, not necessarily our bats. Um, So getting another good bat into this lineup makes a world of difference. I mean, adding one is a huge deal. Um, And I I know I said that weeks ago in here, I was hoping we could add one, two, maybe guys um, into this roster that that could provide that. So I think that's going to be really important going forward uh, if we want to continue to be a playoff team, just having more guys who can get it done like that. So super excited about that was um, pleasantly surprised. I'm not usually feeling that about off-season Guardians moves, but here we are. Okay, um, Ohio State. So I'm, I'm really rolling through this episode quick here, but you know, we got a lot of different things to cover. So Ohio State made the college football playoff, obviously. It is Georgia, that team up north, TCU and Ohio State. And this came after a crazy weekend of both USC and TCU losing in their um, respective games, causing kind of a little bit of controversy about what was going to happen then in the playoff selection. And TCU was able to stay in. USC is out. Uh, A lot of questions about whether two loss Alabama was going to be able to get in. And I just think that is a ridiculous thought that Two loss Alabama would get in over a one loss Ohio State. A one loss Ohio State, mind you, that lost to the number two team on that list. Um, So I just think that was a dumb conversation that was even happening. Um, And I think Ohio State made the most sense. Look, you can hate Ohio State all you want and say, 
They lost. They weren't in the Big Ten Championship. They shouldn't have um, made it. But look, there was no one else that deserved it more, honestly. It was a weird year where everyone just kept, you know, hurting themselves. So Ohio State was the most deserving at that point of the teams that were right there um, underneath. So sorry. not Actually, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for it because... There's been other times that Ohio State's gotten screwed. So this time we just kind of got lucky on how the chips fell at the end of the season. And sometimes that's how it works. Um, It is a little bit concerning that it was hard to come up with four teams that should be in it because we are about to move to 12 teams. So uh, that is going to be real interesting. I still think 12 is too much. I've talked about that before, but it is what it is. Um, I just think it's very clear that if we are struggling to think of four teams that feel like uh, they deserve it, It's going to be hard to come up with 12. Um, And the other thing that's kind of happening around college football right now is just the conversations in general about players opting out of games, the transfer portal, and those types of things. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that briefly because I feel like it has been uh, a hot topic lately. So when it comes to the transfer portal, like I do agree that there is too much movement sometimes, guys jumping around a lot, maybe trying to change every year, and then some of them just kind of get stuck in the portal and don't actually end up landing somewhere. Um, and I don't know if they're all like necessarily prepared for that going into it, that there's a chance that things aren't going to work out the way that they want it. Um, and sometimes it pays to just kind of like stick it out where you're at and keep going. Um, but at the same time, I understand everyone has an individual situation that's different, and I don't want to judge them for that. Um, so I, I think it's something that's going to be a work in progress and that maybe there needs to be some type of restriction put on it in general. But, um, I think there still needs to be a path for guys to be able to make moves if they need to, uh, because situations change and things happen. Um, but when it comes to players opting out of playing in games to usually prepare for the draft, I really need people to stop getting mad at like 19, 20, 21 year olds, for making decisions for their future and their family and their life and their career that really only affect them and not you and the one game that you're worried about them playing in. I get it. Like there is a brotherhood there on the team and you want them to fight it out till the end and it matters a lot, but everyone's got a different situation. And I think this has come up when talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, because he has barely played it all this season, like truly barely played at all, uh, has been dealing with an injury. I don't even know where he's at in his progress of recovery, but um, in his post talking about how he's not going to be playing in the playoff game, he said his doctors advised that he should not um, and that he's going to be getting ready for the draft. And a lot of people are really mad at him for that. I truly don't understand being mad at him about that because, one, He originally was projected to be an early first-round pick in the draft, right? Very high up. Um, And then the issues this year, a lot of people think that has dropped him maybe to later in the first round. I don't know. Things could happen that are crazy. Wide receivers can go earlier. Who knows? But I think in general, um, he has definitely dropped a little because of this injury and not playing at all this season. Uh, If he had 
say something happened to him in a playoff game where he got injured or he played really poorly, that could affect his draft status and drop him even further, maybe potentially even to the early second round. And the pay difference between a first round draft pick and the job security between a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick are very different. So I think it's important to remember that like he is thinking about these things when making his decision that are going to affect the rest of his career and what he is going to be able to do uh, as a professional football player. And I think it's no one else's business to decide if that's right for him or not. And look, it could go either way. Maybe he could have had the game of his life in the playoff game and it would have helped him out and, you know, bumped him back up earlier into the draft again. Nobody knows that, but he's kind of weighing all the options at the end of the day and deciding that this is what is going to be best for his future and for his family. And I think that is perfectly fine. And I just need people to stop freaking out over literal kids making these decisions for themselves um, because it is a big one and it's they've worked their whole lives to try to play professional football um, and they don't want to risk it. It's a brutal sport, man. Like this sport is it hurts people and it ends careers in a split second. And so they all have to think about these things uh, when making their decisions. So just need everyone to calm down in general about that. Okay, gonna end out here with some Browns talk. So the Browns won 27 to 14, which is funny because the offense really didn't do anything. It was two defensive touchdowns, a Donovan Peoples-Jones iconic punt return and two field goals. Um, really have not seen a performance like that from special teams and defense before, which is just, it's funny because I don't know. I felt like we were expecting that from them this whole year. Like this is the defense that we thought we were going to see. Um, and obviously that DPJ punt return was awesome. They've been putting them out there more in punt returns recently. I think they were trying to hold him back from it originally because of his responsibilities as a receiver, but you know, we were struggling way too much in that department. So you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And it felt like he was really getting into a rhythm in, in recent weeks with those returns and finally really broke one for a, a return. And I think it's been like, I want to say I saw since 2015 or something like that, since the Browns have had a punt return for a touchdown. I don't know, something crazy like that. But it reminds me of the Josh Cribbs days when that was a regular um, and the, the defensive touchdowns were great too. It was just good to see that. And I know it was a bad team in the Texans that we were playing, but it's still important to get those things done. So obviously this was Deshaun's first game back. Um, just a couple initial thoughts on the overall everything surrounding it. I did think it was a little weird in the way the broadcast handled things. They kind of the way they talked about it was like almost as if he was coming back from like an awful injury or something. I just, I felt like it was a little, I don't know. It wasn't very tasteful at times the way they were speaking about it. Just like of him fighting through all this adversity type talk. And it's like, ah, he kind of did this to himself in a lot of ways. So I don't think we need to like act like he is superhero and just this noble person coming back from something so hard. Like, Let's let's get some uh, perspective here on the differences between coming back from something like this and coming back from like an awful injury or something like that. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. But um, in general, in terms of his play, 
Look, obviously he struggled. Like there were quite a few underthrows, which I think came from just getting used to game speed, which we should have all expected. It was 700 days since he had played in a in a regular season game. So it makes sense that he kind of was underthrowing the ball in that way. And he's a little bit more prone to underthrows anyways. But I think when you are, you know, first coming back and you got guys running at you, you're just gonna, you're gonna struggle with your accuracy in those ways. I don't, I'm not a quarterback expert, so I don't know if it was footwork issues or anything specific, but it does make sense that he would struggle with that. A couple positive things, though, that I thought we saw from him, um, just of what could happen in the future for this offense. I thought he moved really well in the pocket. We already knew that Deshaun was a very mobile quarterback, that um, he was going to have an ability to extend plays like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or some of those, you know, Lamar Jackson, some of those top guys in the league who have such a unique ability of doing that when you think a play is dead, they somehow are at the last second getting a throw off because they were able to escape pressure. And it's just, it's kind of crazy to watch when you actually see it because you can can really feel the difference between it. And look, I love Jacoby, but he did not have that ability. So you could, you could feel the distinct difference in that in a couple moments where you're like, oh, the play's dead. And I think even sometimes the receivers or whoever was out there thought the play was dead. And then they were shocked when the ball was coming their way. There was one specific play with Nick Chubb where he looked a little bit surprised that uh, the ball was coming his way at the last second. Cause I think he was used to over many years of quarterbacks, not having that skill. He was, he was used to that not happening. So, um, I think once they get in a rhythm and get used to the things that Deshaun can do and the way he plays football, that we will see more of those plays be successful rather than kind of look, you know, like they're they're falling apart at the last second. Um, because there's a lot of potential there in those moments, even in the incompletions. You're like, wow, that could have been a really awesome play um, had it worked out and just seeing the potential and what he can do. The other thing that I think we saw a lot more of that we didn't see with Jacoby was a lot of RPOs, which again comes with a mobile quarterback like Deshaun. Didn't find a lot of success in it in this game. They didn't really find a lot of success in the offense in general, but I think you saw how they intend on using him in the future and the way that defenses are going to have to prepare for this team now, which I think is really exciting. There's just so many different options, so many ways you can go about things that um, you know defenses aren't just going to be able to sit there in future weeks and stack the box and say, we're going to stop Nick Chubb and we're going to make Deshaun throw. Um, like they were doing with Jacoby. They were just like, we're going to make him throw. Uh, now you you really can't do that because then as Deshaun gets more comfortable, uh, you're risking giving up some really big explosive plays. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how defenses kind of approach this team going forward. I think right now they'll probably still be a little bit more... Um, I guess, pushing Deshaun to throw because they know he's a little bit shaky and uncomfortable. But like I said, you just have to see what happens when he gets more comfortable back there. So there were some positives overall, even in the the messiness. Obviously, he had that bad interception too, which was uh, tough because it was right in the end zone. You just hate to see those. We've had plenty of those happening in, in recent years. So that was tough. But Um, you know, you just assume that some of those things go away as time goes on and he's able to clean things up a little bit. And look, at the same time, he might not clean everything up. Like when you have a very mobile quarterback who extends plays and makes things happen, you're going to throw interceptions sometimes because you're taking risks and you're putting, putting the ball out there. And, you know, 
I think that's a risk you take with those types of quarterbacks, but the rewards and benefits of it are just far exceed anything you can get from someone who just plays it safe and doesn't have those skills. So um, it's a, yeah, it's a weighing the the positive and the negative for it. But uh, at the end of the day, I think we've seen a lot of success in those guys, even when they have their blunders and their bad moments, their greatness really shines through in the things that they can do and having the, the beautiful moments. So we shall see. Uh, we got the Bengals coming up here, which is always fun because we usually beat them. Uh, for some reason, I've just had a bad feeling that this is the time that they beat us. The Bengals are looking real good. They're just coming off a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. I'm just feeling I'm feeling weird about it that this might be the one that they take. Uh, but who knows? I, I thought that last time, to be honest, and we destroyed them. For some reason, Joe Woods just comes in, has has those guys ready. So... I have no idea. I think it's also very dependent on how Deshaun looks. Is he able to get more comfortable after getting that first one out of the way? We shall see. Um, but if the Browns win out, things can happen. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. Um, so just keep that in mind going forward. It is fun to still play semi-meaningful football, so I'm always going to root for them to win. And we don't have our first-round draft picks for, like, ever, so I don't really care about, you know, losing for draft status. I just want to win football games. Um, so yeah, we've got lots of great stuff coming up. More Cavs, like I said, but you know, important Browns games coming up. And then we have Ohio State in the playoff facing none other than the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, good stuff looking ahead. We will see what happens. Uh, I hope you all stay healthy. I know there is a lot of sickness going around right now, whether it's COVID, flu, RSV, all the good stuff. Uh, just take care of yourselves. Get some rest. You know, it's a, it's a tough time as we get into this winter season and everyone seems to be catching something. Um, so just, just like I said, take care of yourselves. Very important. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you could please share with a friend, uh, subscribe, like, leave a leave a review. I, I love seeing reviews. Those are my favorite. So try to do one of those if you can. Um, I would really appreciate it. We're getting close here to episode 100. So, you know, if we could get those reviews up before I get there, that would be pretty fun. Just, you know, as a present to me for giving you 100 episodes of me speaking into a microphone, which I don't know if that's really a present, but I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> um, Yes. Thank you guys for listening and have a good one. Go Browns.